0: It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Eat me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eatin'
1: Podcast.
0: Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eatin' Podcast, the show that's so nice, we do it twice, at least during the regular season. Starting next week, it'll just be once a week. Heavy DFS focus in January, and then February is when it really starts to get fun. We get different fantasy experts on, draft experts on. We talk strategy. We talk college prospects. We talk all kinds of different things, getting you ready for next year already. It's an awesome year-round show. I'm Ross Tucker at Ross Tucker NFL. He is Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan. He is one of the owners of FantasyPoints.com. I can't. Highly recommend it enough. Just use the code FEAST. He and Greg Cosell and John Hanson. Honestly, I love Joe. I love John Hanson. Just Greg Cosell's draft reviews is worth the subscription. Easily. Easily. It's a no-brainer. Fantasypoints.com. Code FEAST. Joe, let's get to the Seahawks and the Niners. Is Jeff Wilson... Going to win some people some DFS money.
1: Oh, Jeff Wilson won won people DFS money this week. He won me a fantasy championship, as I'm sure he won multiple people. My my fantasy championship that he won me, Ross, was actually in a 35-round best ball draft when he was like my 32nd-round pick, where you're just drafting guys that you might have heard of. And Jeff Wilson has been incredible for me in that league, and that was a big-time, big-money Draft, So at least I got something after getting Camaran in my other leagues. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a downhill aggressive runner. Um, just somebody who, uh, he's fun to watch. He's no frills, but he is going to continue to win people money for DFS. Um, this is a big game for Seattle. Obviously, though, Seattle is a uh, is still in the mix, believe it or not, for the number one overall seed in the NFC. So Seattle has all the incentive to, in the world to play here. It was disappointing for San Francisco, though, in that game against Arizona, which was a, a game that was, with the exception of Jeff Wilson, was exceptionally disappointing for fantasy purposes. Um, Brandon Ayuk catches one pass. That guy's been going nuts. George Kittle is viable in your DFS lineups right now. There's a look, he comes back and he looks like himself. That was great to see. CJ Beathard's a little bit more of an aggressive thrower, I think, than Nick Mullins. But the heartbeat of this offense is absolutely going to be Jeffrey Wilson uh, as they take on the Seattle Seahawks. Meanwhile,
0: for Seattle, um, they still have a chance theoretically at the number one seed. I don't think that's going to happen, but they have that chance, so I think they're going to play it that
1: way, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, look, Seattle can win the number one seed here if they if they Green Bay and New they win in Green Bay and New Orleans lose. So you know, like it's maybe a fifteen percent chance, but they're going to play it like, like uh, they're going to play it straight. They want to win this game. The problem is the offense has been awful of late. Russell Wilson, after he was cooking early in the season, Ross, he hasn't, like, I mean, it's like pulling teeth right now. Russell Wilson has thrown for multiple touchdowns in just two of his last seven games after he opened the season By doing it in all seven games. So I don't know what's going on with this passing game. Is there something? Is Russell Wilson dinged up? Is there just something wrong here? But the passing game has not worked out for them. They do have to play this game straight, though. And I wonder if Russell Wilson might be a little bit of a contrarian DFS play, knowing that everybody realizes his numbers have been awful of late by Russell Wilson's standards. DK Metcalf. Um, Tyler Lockett's been kind of a zero, but DK Metcalf had the tough matchup with Jalen Ramsey last week. He's not going to draw that tough a matchup this week. I wonder if potentially he goes off in this game.
0: Um, the other game to talk about uh, is the Cardinals and the Rams. We might be having
1: two no names at quarterback. Should you put one of these guys in your lineup? Ah, uh, John Wolford. All right, all right, Ross. A little bit. Let's play some. Let's play some trivia for, for you. John Wolford will be the second quarterback from Wake Forest to start a game this year. Can you name the other? Kendall Hinton. There, oh, come oh, on, dude. I, thought, I thought I was going to get you. Come oh on, no, yeah, Kendall Hinton's the other one. Yeah, so John Wolford, um, he's undersized, but he was productive at Wake Forest. He's not fast, but he. A, like a 4 8 guy, but he did scrambling was a part of his game in college. I think he ran for 16 touchdowns. So maybe he runs around out there and makes plays. The problem is they're going to be shorthanded in the backfield. Um, if Cam Akers can't play, Daryl Henderson had a high ankle sprain. He's injured. He's not going to play. It could be Malcolm Brown and Xavier Jones the uh, running back out of SMU the the UDFA so the Rams might be out there it might look like they're resting their starters but they're not they got to win by the way they're uh, they are it's very dicey for the Rams to make the playoffs at this stage um so a very very uh potential uh, look they got to win and uh, if they win or Chicago loses they're in the playoffs but both of those situations up in the air right now for the Rams and John Wolford's going to have to go out there. I would think they want him to take care of the football, run the ball, um, throw the ball to Cooper Cup across the middle, and and take. do not turn the football over because turning the football over is going to be one way they can lose this game. Both teams have every incentive to play this game as aggressively as they want, and you have to think Arizona is going to do everything in its power to get Kyler Murray ready for this game. You are essentially being handed this game on a silver platter. Jared Goff can't play. And Jared Goff wasn't playing well anyway, but Jared Goff can't play. So, right now, if Kyler Murray is out there at 80%, you have the advantage. Or is it Chris Strevler from? Ross, you know that one. The CFL. Well, he went to the University of South Dakota. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I was, dude, you're my, you're my F, you're my FCS guy. I thought maybe you'd, uh, no, he went to the University of South Dakota. He is from CFL. And now this guy is kind of like, is, is like north of the border, Taysom Hill. Like Tay, Taysom Hill with an EH in there. That's what, uh, that's what Chris Strevler is. He's got a lot of athleticism. You can do that. Uh, I would expect a lot of zone reads if, uh, if he is ends up being the starting quarterback, which would open things up for Kenyon Drake and, and Chase Edmonds, who's dinged up, by the way. Drake did not have a very good game. Um, but this is a situation when we're talking DFS. Um, we have to wait on Kyler Murray's status. But if I had to play one of these two backup quarterbacks in the event that it is a backup quarterback battle, it would probably be Strebler even in uh, this game, even in this situation against this Ram defense, because I feel like he'll be running the football a little bit more than John Walford will.
0: Jags Colts, Joe, obviously it's a must win game for the Colts and they need help. Crazy to think that they're um, in this position.
1: Uh, well, Ross, when you blow 17 point leads to a team like Pittsburgh, that had shown no life for a month. Kind of what happens. Um, the Colts are 14 point favorites. Fortunately, for, uh, for the Jags fans, they can root for the Jags to play spoiler because they don't need to lose this game anymore. They're already the number one pick. The Colts are 14-point favorites. That tells you exactly what they're going to do. They are going to run Jonathan Taylor maybe 79 times in this game. I mean, that one of the problems for the Colts was they got away from Jonathan Taylor. You know, I think he had like 14 carries in the first half against Pittsburgh. He ends up with 18. Just a really, really poor game plan. Um, Phillip Rivers turns the ball over a couple times. The defense c- collapses. But what we know what they're going to do in this game. They are going to run the living hell out of the football. Um, if you want to play T.Y. Hilton, that's fine, too. Uh, Phillip Rivers is going to have some... Uh, He's going to have some juice against this air Jacksonville defense. I mean, Jacksonville just got shredded by the Bears last week, but I would anticipate Jonathan Taylor is going to be maybe the single most heavily owned player on the entire DFS slate, and it is for good reason.
0: Anything to say about the Jacksonville Jaguars? They clinched the number one pick. They can play hard. They can play well. They can win.
1: They can. They can. I don't expect they will, but they can. James Robinson, I don't think he's going to go. Apparently still had some swelling in that ankle. Um, Ogun is the running back here if, uh, if you want to play one of them. Uh, 14 carries for 71 yards. Also had three catches for seven yards. DJ Chark finally showed some life. Um, I am so excited to draft DJ Chark next year. By the way, with Trevor Lawrence pulling the trigger, I am uh, LaVisca Chenault with Trevor Lawrence pulling the trigger. I'm looking to 2021 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Maybe you throw DJ Chark into a DFS lineup to try to create a little bit of uh, a little bit of um, uh, leverage, just because I don't think he'll be heavily owned, which I don't think anybody from Jacksonville will be. But I, the numbers suggest they'll be throwing the ball in this game. They're 14 point underdogs.
0: Next up, it's the Titans and the Texans. Man, the Texans defense is bad. You talked about that in episode one.
1: Well, if, if uh, Jonathan Taylor isn't the most heavily owned player on the slate, Derrick Henry will be. Um, Tennessee got eviscerated on Sunday night in Green Bay. We all saw that. This is a must win game for Tennessee. You know, we just said Indy needs some help. Indy needs to win and needs one of four teams to lose to make the playoffs. Tennessee's one of them, and if Tennessee loses, then Indy can win the division. But um, Tennessee has all the incentive to just give the ball to Derrick Henry and jam it down the Texans' throats. We saw them do it earlier this year. If they want to throw the ball against the, the Houston Texans, we saw that that's possible. Brandon Allen tore them up last week with T. Higgins. Everybody's in play here. Corey Davis had the goose egg. Not going to happen again. A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Tannehill, Derrick Henry, all of them are core DFS plays. It's just a matter of how do you want to play it with your given lineup. Do you want to focus on the run game? Do you want to go running back heavy with, with Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry? Do you say, hey, I'm going to use Taylor, but then I'm going to try to create some leverage with the Tennessee passing game? That's possible as well. This Texan defense is abominable. It's as bad as I've seen all year.
0: You know, this Texans, uh, Deshaun Watson situation, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see whether or not he plays.
1: He says he's going to, uh, but he's got, what, what is it, the, uh, the thumb, uh, the hand or whatever. Uh, again, Deshaun Watson is your franchise centerpiece. He is the reason people are going to want this GM and this head coaching job. And you have no – now, the Texans have no incentive to lose. Their top five pick is, is going to Miami. So they have no incentive to lose this game as a franchise, but they also have zero incentive to lose Deshaun Watson, potentially do an off-season surgery when you're trying to hire a general manager and a head coach where Deshaun Watson is the only selling point you have right now. It's a hell of a selling point, but it's the only one you have right now. Um, Watson is playing MVP-level football. And I know, uh, you know, the QB, well, well, why isn't he winning games? Well, he, well, he's not winning games because the guy has to score a touchdown every time he touches the football or they're not going to win. Um, but he's playing MVP-level football right now. Um, I, I think Brandon Cooks is a good option if the, the Sean Watson plays for sure. Uh, David Johnson, uh, Ross, that was his second 100-yard rushing game of the current presidential administration. He looked good, man. He looked like he had some juice. He did. But, like, it just goes to show you how long it's been since he's been an elite fantasy player. But he's won people championships the last couple of weeks. So, good on David Johnson. He's going to get the football. And I wonder if he might get the football a little bit more in this game than he did uh, than he did last week, especially with Deshaun Watson dinged up. And this is a Tennessee defense that got shredded by A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones last week. Let's get
0: to the Raiders and the Broncos. No playoff implications at all, but could there be some could Nelson Aguilar mm-hmm. win some people some money this weekend on DraftKings?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Denver's shorthanded in the secondary. Um Josh Jacobs just hasn't been getting it done. It's been kind of depressing with him. Um And by the way, I don't really care about the fantasy trolling, um, but whatever. I mean, he's not catching the football. He's not getting in the end zone. It's been Nelson Aguilar and Darren Waller or Bust. I think Derek Carr has some DFS appeal, though, this week as a lower-owned quarterback option against a shorthanded Broncos secondary. Um, Jacobs is only a leverage play at this point. you you can talk yourself into that. Um, Derek Carr is going to be playing his butt off because Derek Carr constantly gets questioned. Are you the right guy for the Raiders? And maybe those questions are valid, but ultimately I think he's played pretty well this year. And I expect that he's going to go out and have a good game. That's an interesting leverage play for tournaments in DFS.
0: Let's get to uh, the other team in the game, the Broncos. I I don't, I don't think Drew Locke's going to make it Joe.
1: Yeah. And he just, uh, I, I tweeted this out. Um, I appreciate watching drew lock play in much the same way. I enjoy watching the jackass movies. We're like, Oh my God, I can't believe he did that. I would never do that, but I can't believe he did. And I'm really glad that he did for my entertainment, uh, at, at, at his own, at his own, uh, peril. Uh, that's what drew lock is like to me. Um, he, he's got a set. He just doesn't know how to use them. He doesn't know how to harness them. Um, But also, Ross, somebody's got to teach Jerry Judy how to catch. You know, I I, I heard from somebody secondhand earlier this season that said, Jerry Judy might already be the best route runner in professional football. The problem is he can't catch the football. And the drops are now, they're they're approaching like Deontay Johnson level of a, like a mental block right now. So 15 targets last week against the Chargers. He caught six of them for 61 yards. And not all of that's on Drew Locke. Not all of it's on Drew Locke, but he has been getting open. So Judy is a leverage play here in tournaments. 15 targets is a lot of targets. You don't see that very often. Uh, but he only caught six of them. Uh, would be really nice to see him get going and get into the offseason with a head of steam as he builds towards potentially a better 2021 season. Also, uh, Melvin Gordon was a big disappointment last week because he wasn't involved in the passing game. And I can't believe Vic Fangio didn't give Melvin Gordon a revenge game touchdown against the Chargers at the goal line on first down. They let Drew Locke run it in. Um, Gordon looked good. He had 18 carries for 79 yards. I, I, I'm not disappointed by that. He hit his over-rushing prop, but we need him to get into the end zone or catch some passes to pay off for DFS because Phillip Lindsay's on IR. Melvin Gordon's going to get all the work here. I do like Melvin Gordon uh, as, as, hey, maybe you can only play one of Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry. I like Melvin Gordon as maybe that number two running back this week.
0: Chargers have won three close games in a row. The Chiefs have won a zillion close games in a row, it seems like. It also seems like they're going to arrest some guys. You talked about that a little bit in Fantasy Feast episode number one. What do we need to know about this matchup for DFS purposes?
1: The Kansas City Chiefs are four-point underdogs at home. That's what you need to know about this matchup for fantasy purposes. They're resting everybody. Andy Reid's rested people back to his time in Philadelphia, and he said already this week there's a good chance we're going to see Chad Henney. And, um, uh, Ross, I would consider it a good chance we're going to see the sunrise tomorrow as well. Uh, we're gonna They're going to rest their starters in this game uh, for Kansas City, which means Darwin Thompson, preseason DFS legend, uh, is going to get carries in this game. Uh, Gary Dieter. Byron Pringle. Get excited. Chad Henney. Pennsylvania's Henny, you know what? Henney's going
0: out there to prove he should get a few more years. He's my buddy from my hometown, Why Missing Pennsylvania. I hope he lights him up. What about for the Chargers?
1: Uh, Ross, you are, you and Chad Henney are the two most famous people from Why I'm Missing Pennsylvania. Uh, a distant third is a young lady named Swift. Yeah, Taylor uh, Swift, exactly. <laughs> uh, 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 so, yeah, the – um, so, uh, Hey, look, uh, maybe if you, you throw him out there for DFS, Eric B enemy, I wouldn't be shocked if Andy lets him call this entire game, just like, Hey, Eric showcase yourself, man, you're going to be getting head coaching interviews. Almost certainly got a job this off season. I would hope. Uh, so, um, they're, they're going to go out there and they're going to have some fun. That's, that's what's going to happen for the Kansas city chiefs, but they're four point underdogs at home. So Ross, how about this stat? You just mentioned the chiefs have won a million close games in a row. There's seven win. There's seven game win streak. Depending on the numbers you got, they're either zero and seven or one and six against the spread. They haven't covered a game in two months. Kind of incredible. Hey, good teams win. Great teams cover. If that adage is true, the Chiefs aren't a great team right now. Tell, uh, I'd love to say that's Patrick Mahomes' face, but
0: <laughs> yeah, it's well, pretty four, unbelievable.
1: It really is, is, man. One, but yeah, they haven't covered a number. They're four point underdogs at home. Will they be? They could cover this number with a loss. So uh, we'll see what happens for the Chiefs. Uh, I would expect Darwin Thompson to be very popular for DFS, though. Now
0: we got the Packers and the Bears. A very intriguing game. So much so, Joe, that it is our DraftKings game of the week. Number one seed on the line. A playoff berth on the line. Packers favored by five and a half over at DraftKings. It is a 50-and-a-half-point total. So if you would have told me the Bears would be playing a game in week 17 with a 50-and-a-half-point total, but the Bears' offense is a juggernaut, and their defense hasn't been that great.
1: No, it hasn't. Uh, and the, Yeah, the offense is a juggernaut right now. Now, this is how the NFL schedules. The um, the Bears will not know at the, at the time of this game If Arizona has won or lost because the games are at the same time, because if Arizona loses, Chicago is in the playoffs. That's all it takes. Arizona loses. Chicago's in Chicago wins. Chicago's in. I think it's more likely Arizona loses than it is that Chicago wins this game uh, with green Bay playing for the number one seed and Aaron Rodgers looking to put another MVP trophy on his mantle, but you talk personal motivation. How about Mitchell Trubisky a punchline for jokes for four years And now there's people out there arguing he should get an extension with the Chicago Bears. I would warn the Bears, just go back and watch the AFC championship game from the 2017 season between New England and Jacksonville. And Jacksonville managed to talk itself into more years of Blake Bortles. We saw, well, we saw that ended up. It's going to end up with Trevor Lawrence, but three years down the road. Just be careful if you're the Chicago Bears, but there's no doubt about it. Mitchell Trubisky is playing good football. He is viable for DFS. I just get the heebie-jeebies thinking about Mitchell Trubisky in a must-win scenario in Green Bay. Excuse me, it's in Chicago, but against Green Bay, division rival, I get the heebie-jeebies thinking about playing him for DFS in that situation. Jair Alexander is going to be on Allen Robinson, but there's no doubt this offense is playing well. It has probably saved the job of Matt Nagy. Remember, Matt Nagy inherited Mitchell Trubisky. He didn't draft Mitchell Trubisky, inherited him. And I think they've saved the job of, uh, of Matt Nagy. But the guy who is going to be important in this game is, of course, David Montgomery, who has been running roughshod all over the NFL, speaking of somebody who won people fantasy championships.
0: Okay, what about the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams? Should you maybe go A.J. Dillon? Should you put A.J. Dillon in your lineup?
1: Yeah, keep an eye on the status of Aaron Jones because this is going to be interesting because based on pricing, it's possible A.J. Dillon's more popular than Aaron Jones in this game for DFS purposes, so maybe Aaron Jones becomes a decent leverage play if it looks like he's going to go, but A.J. Dillon, after doing nothing all year, goes up against Derrick Henry and looks more like Derrick Henry than Derrick Henry did uh, on that Sunday night football game, so I thought that was pretty fascinating, Uh, but he's going to be pretty popular for DFS, I would think, and then, of course, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I mean, how are those guys not going to be popular? Secondary receivers, maybe Tunyon. Maybe he becomes somebody um, you consider, even though he caught just one pass. He didn't need to catch more than one pass because Devontae Adams was open on every single play. As somebody who got – in a guillotine league, Ross, I went up against somebody who had Devontae Adams and Alvin Kamara. I lost. (laughs) I lost. You think? Um, Yeah. um, And he had Aaron Rodgers too, by the way. So that was kind of a massacre. Uh, But, uh, yeah, it's – I don't. I'm not saying anything special about this Green Bay team. It's Rodgers, Adams, Dylan, and Jones gives you a little bit of a of an interesting kind of dynamic there for DFS, and maybe Robert Tunyon, but that's about it. Saints, Panthers. Well, the Saints are still in the mix for the number one overall seed, and Alvin Kamara is pretty good. I would expect he'll be popular for DFS. Uh, Obviously. Drew Brees is out there. He completes just 19 passes. He throws two interceptions. I think you can consider Emmanuel Sanders for DFS. Um, uh, but at this point, it's just kind of Alvin Kamara, a bust for for New Orleans for me. Um, you You might need to create some leverage maybe with Jared Cook. Um, maybe you think they're going to blow them out. Latavius Murray is a cheap flex option for you, but it's kind of Alvin Kamara or bust if, if, if for me with the Saints. Uh, they, they're, they're in the mix for the number one overall seed, but they're kind of a crappy fantasy team right now.
0: As for the Panthers? Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is
1: not playing very well of late. Uh, no, he's not. You know, if you were to ask me six weeks ago, the new GM in Carolina going to be able to go in there and say, "Hey, do we need to take a quarterback?" Now, I mean, I still don't think they need to. Like the GM could say, "Hey, I'm not terribly fond." I think Zach Wilson is going to go number two to the Jets at this point. But the the new GM could say, "Hey, I'm not terribly fond of Justin Fields or Trey Lance." And um, I'm just speculating here. I don't know what they're going to think. And then you could say, "I'm going to go into the season with Teddy Bridgewater as a caretaker," but. I don't know if they're that's going to happen anymore. His his play has been very poor. Washington couldn't score a point in that game, and that that game was still kind of on edge. What I do like for Carolina, though, they the leading rusher and leading receiver in this game against Washington were the same, Curtis Samuel. And Joe Brady's done a really good job getting him involved. I really like him for DFS this week. Um, I think DJ Moore is a solid enough option. He's been getting open. Teddy Bridgewater just couldn't find him. And Mike Davis, it's been like pulling teeth with this guy, but he's been getting in the end zone. He's not my favorite option this week. He didn't catch a pass uh, against Washington. But my favorite play for for Carolina for sure is Curtis Samuel, who had over 100 yards receiving and 50-plus yards rushing last week against the team.
0: Speaking of the team, they have been flexed to Sunday night football (laughs) against the Philadelphia Eagles. Man, it's rare to have the last game of the season be two teams with losing records. And two teams are going to have losing records. They can't even fix that with a win. It's either Alex Smith or Taylor Heineke and Washington against Jalen Hurts. We do know that. And the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: So... I think I recall the last time two teams with losing records played the final week 17 game. It was the week before the Beastquake. quake. Yes. Because I think it was Matt, Seahawks. Yes. It was Matt Hasselbeck V Sam Bradford. And uh, it was the week before the beast quake, which serves as a warning. If you think you're going to go into the playoffs and just beat, the team, because the team has a losing record, let the Beast Quake serve as your warning. Um, Washington is a two-point favorite on the highway here. And, uh, you know, Philly's off defense is a disaster. The question I have is, is Washington's offense equipped to take advantage of that disastrous defense the way Dallas's offense is equipped? And I'm not sure of that. But it's obvious that Smith or Heineke is a way better option than Dwayne Haskins, who is out of the league right now for multiple reasons. Including on field play. Um, Antonio Gibson came back and he looked pretty good. The problem was he played just 30% of the snaps. Did he come out of that game where you feel confident using him in a full day DFS slate or a single game slate? Not sure about that. The leading receiver for the team, JD McKissick last week. That guy's been a PPR monster. Uh, I would anticipate that that will continue this week. Terry McLaurin, can he play? If he does play, he's going to be likely less than 100%, and he's probably going to catch the Darius Slay shadow. So he's probably more of a pivot play for DFS. At quarterback, I can see the appeal of using either Alex Smith or Taylor Heineke against this Philadelphia secondary, especially if Philly doesn't have Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox, the defensive tackle, left that game against Dallas. The game completely flipped. Zeke's running up the middle. They can't pressure Andy Dalton. Their corners are getting victimized because they can't pressure Andy Dalton. Fletcher Cox might be the single most important player to determining what kind of DFS game this one is.
0: As for the Eagles, Joe?
1: You know, I think it's funny um, – People are out there now all of a sudden saying, well, you know, Jalen Hurts, you know, he didn't play a great game. It's the same crap we saw with Wentz, man. Now, now, Hurts might not be as mentally broken as Wentz, but the Eagle defense is out there getting, giving up 38 yards of play, and Jalen Hurts has to go out there and try to play hero ball. Of course he's going to make mistakes. Of course he's going to make mistakes. But he's still putting up numbers. Goes for over 300 yards, runs for over 50. He's still a good DFS option. Um, it's just like it's the same stuff we saw with Wentz, man. Just when the defense breaks any sign of adversity, then the quarterback has to play hero ball for the Eagles. It's just not sustainable. They're gonna have to make all kinds of changes. But Jalen Hurts is appealing for DFS. Maybe people don't want to play him against his Washington defense. I, I think he's one of those quarterbacks who can put up numbers uh for fantasy, regardless of whether or not he plays well, as we saw last week, regardless of whether or not he's playing a good or a bad defense, just by nature of his game um Zach Ertz is viable this week especially if Dallas Goddard sits he's got a calf injury Miles Sanders is always viable they still don't use him enough then I don't think they know how to use him um so he's viable in this game um how about Deshaun Jackson catching an 81 yard touchdown pass I don't think I saw him the rest of the day uh, did he get hurt again or uh Doug Peterson says oh we wanted to limit him okay yay um uh, the the eagle receivers right now to me they're just such a jumbled mess. I really don't know how to treat them even in week seventeen.
0: Yeah, they said he was sore or something. I mean, when they threw that touchdown pass to Deshaun Jackson, I really thought the Eagles were going to win the division. I, I, really dude, did, I,
1: I did too. I, I bet, thought
0: they're winning this division. And by the way, the way Hertz is playing, maybe they can win a playoff
1: yeah. game. Even uh, like I said, I didn't want to play Hertz. In the playoffs, you know, somebody who's out there, he's got nothing to lose. He's running around. You know, he can make some plays. I didn't want to play them in the playoffs either. Uh, I thought they were going to destroy Dallas after the Deshaun Jackson touchdown. And then Fletcher Cox goes out, and the same crap happens to the Eagles. Their defense gives up points immediately after the offense scores. They can't stop anybody. And then the offense makes one mistake, and then everything unravels. It's a sign of a poorly coached team, Ross.
0: FantasyPoints.com. The key is that you use the promo code Feast. That way, they know Joe and I sent you. That way, we get credit for it, and that way, FantasyPoints.com flourishes. I've told this before. I'll say it again. You're not gonna find more bang for your buck. Check out every other service that's out there. Check out all the other websites. See what they provide and how much they cost then it's like it's like engagement ring shopping right like check them all out then come see my guy i can't tell you how many people used my guy joe to get their engagement ring fantasypoints.com is my guy when it comes to fantasy websites fantasypoints.com use the code feast joe very happy new year happy nfl week 17 We are into the NFL playoffs, and we are diehard DFS next week for the six wildcard weekend games. I cannot wait, my friend. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft, all available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.